Hello and welcome to another episode of Generation Zennial. Keith and Vinny here. A couple days before election 2020, the anticipation builds. My alcohol tolerance is growing and my bank account is waning because alcohol is still expensive. Uh, that's my take on it so far. It can't be pricey to, to self-medicate yourself in, in various ways. It's, it's been the thing of the, the pandemic so far, you know. I, I remember early on, it was like, I go grocery shopping and then stop at the liquor store on the way home and spend another $100 on alcohol. <laughs> like, well, that's, that's one of the down, down, uh, downfalls of, of being unemployed as well. Is <laughs> you, I'm home a lot, so. What are you going to do, right? You gotta, you, what are you going to do? You enter, entertain yourself, so. Well. But yeah, we got, a, we, got some, we got some topics to talk about this, this week, huh? We got five days till the election. Yeah, you got five days till the election. But before we get to that, hot topic, just yesterday – we had, I was going to say on Capitol Hill, but it was all virtual. You had Jack Dorsey from Twitter, Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook, and uh, what was it? I forget who from Google was there, but you had representatives of the big tech companies being grilled from both sides of the aisle uh, for different reasons uh, by the Senate. And I, in scrolling through, ironically, Facebook today, I'm seeing posts from one side or the other and, and I have some things I've, I've said in the past to people and I've posted about- Some things get off your chest. Yeah, okay. So, you know, obviously Ted Cruz has that, that statement we've all heard, you know, where he says, I'm gonna paraphrase because I don't remember exactly, but who the hell elected you? You know, meaning- yeah, basically, how, how, who, who the hell elected you to-, to Censor <laughs> to, our to, media. To, to, control, to control speech or something. Like, just, you know, Ted Cruz is just- Right. Gotta get a sound bite out there. And, and this is my- my always go-to response with that is when you sign up for a social media company, first of all, it's a social media company. It's not a news outlet. It's not regulated by anybody. Uh, in fact, I remember a couple of years ago that they were allowed to get away with more stuff by not regulating it. Um, so they are not behoven to free speech. Like they don't, you, you sign their terms and conditions. Well, they're not throwing anybody in jail for anything they say all day. No, they may, they may ban they may ban you from their service, but they have they have no power to they have no power to control you. I think I think the issue is people. So many people rely on social media that it's almost become people think it's a right. People think it's a right, but the thing is, you voluntarily are signing up for this free service that you're not paying for, um, and you have to follow their terms and conditions. That's what you signed up for, and if you're in that pool and they decide, oh, we're going to ban so and so, realistically. There's nothing the government can do. It's not against the law. They're quite within their rights to ban whoever they want, block whatever post they want. There's nothing that says they can't do that. Second point though, because the reason why most conservatives want to bring them to, to uh, court, if you will, is that they believe that they are you know, punishing the conservative voice and promoting the liberal voice. But when you look at uh, stats and outside uh, people that research these things, they show that posts that are normally at the top of the list on across all platforms are usually conservative posts. So the conservative voice actually gets posted more often on social media. It's just what people forget is that you tend to only see what's, you, you get stuck in your own information bubble and you are gonna tend to be fed the same thing that you already agree with or get fed things that make you angry because that's what 
makes you stay and click more and, and engage with the platform more because they're the only thing Twitter and Facebook care about is you staying on their their platform as long as possible every day to make sure they get get more ad revenue. And, and they want customers. Their, yeah. And, and I mean, the only way to fix this, and, and some tech companies have asked for this, is it's the one thing that Republicans hate doing is government regulation. If you want them to play by the rules, you have to put laws in place for them and, to play by those rules. And I think we all know conservatives only say they hate government regulation when it doesn't suit them. When, it, okay. when, they, when, they, when it suits them, they love big government. They love government regulations. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean you could just – banning abortions is, is number one thing that comes to mind when, when you think about something like that. They, you know, they want to control women's health care all the time through government. Yeah, but, they want to control their bodies, but up until but, the child is born, who cares? Well, yeah, then, then it's freedom. <laughs> then, then it's all about freedom. But, but yeah, I mean, um, freedom. When it, comes, when it comes to these platforms, four years ago, the public asked these platforms to be responsible with what they're allowing mm -hmm. people to share, right? And that, you know, that was a big talking point was the, was the fake news. Okay. And now when, when the fake news turns out to be mostly from the conservative um, sphere, they, they freak out and they're like, wait a minute, <laughs> this, not this fake news. We don't want to ban this fake news. We, you know, we, we, so, so, you know, it's just more hypocrisy from the right, which I think we're all used to, but. Well, the, the whole point of fake news too, is that you have, you know, there is legitimate fake news out there. Um, and there are legitimate people that even admitted, you know, four or six years ago that they make, made fake news websites in the effort to just make money. Like they oh, made yeah. fake news websites that could get spread without any intention. Like they didn't, well, one of the people I heard- They didn't care. He didn't want it. He wasn't actually trying to influence anything. He just wanted to make money. And he right. made lots of money with it through advertising. But you do have other sites like Breitbart and things like that, that put out propaganda and um, conspiracy theories and fake news on a regular basis. And they promote these things as though it's fact. Uh, Here's a newsflash for everyone. If the news article is just disagrees with your point of view, it doesn't mean it's fake. Well, that's, I mean, that's you, you see the, they, you they see say the, it's fake news because it, they don't, it doesn't agree with what they think. So it's fake. We see these fact checking websites and I think they have it the hardest because um, nobody wants to believe things that they don't want to believe on, on, especially on social media, it seems. So when these fact checking sites like factcheck.org or Snopes, um, come out with something that's against the president. Um, you know, do you see conservatives all the time on social media just flipping out and saying this this isn't real? These are just these people are bought off. Well, you get you get Snopes. Everyone's like, oh well, the owners of Snopes are liberals, so they have an agenda. They have right. They have to have an agenda, right? They have to. Just, and, and you see, you see that, and with the, even the, the news corporations, right? Oh, the they, have liberal, they have a liberal agenda, and it's like no, you know, they have an agenda to tell to tell the truth, right? All these. Leftists, leftists, leftists are getting any voice in there, right? The, you know, as far as the people left of liberal, they're not getting a voice from the corporate, you know, <laughs> the no. corporate news organizations. Um, and you don't see them out. You don't see them. Well, they have no political power, so you don't really see them getting brought into Congress. But that's true. <laughs> but that's another story. Um, but, I mean, so yeah. And oh, I had a thought and I lost it. Great. Hey, when that happens. <laughs> Because you went, you went even further left, and I was like, "Oh no, further left!" Because once you go extreme in either direction, it's, anything that's extreme is always bad. Like once you go too far, it's just 
Well, yeah, I mean, you can get you can go too far left and say like everyone should get paid the same and everyone should just live in the same kind of house and have the same kind of like yeah, you can, you can go that far left. But I mean, you know, I mean, it's just me being left of liberal. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, no, I had a thought and I totally forgot what it was, but yeah. So that was my social media thing for today. You know, social media, it's a choice for you to be on there. Um, you don't have to be on social media. I've actively in the last several weeks have disengaged in conversations with people that I know would go nowhere. I've just chose to save my time and breath and effort and not engage in conversation with people that I knew, like whatever I say, it's not going to move their needle anywhere. So why am I going to even bother taking the time to engage with them? Because it just raises my anxiety level. And yeah, I think the best you can hope for is that other people, other, other people see um, your arguments and, and agree with you. I don't, I don't know whose mind has ever been changed on any kind of social media or from any you know, result of right. reading a post on social media. Um, I think it's good. You, gotta, you have to educate people. I think, and that's that's part of what social media can do, is educate people on, on what's going on. But even then, because there's so much information out there, you know, it's really hard to parse what's what's factual and what's non-factual and what's, and what's made up. I mean, you have you have this issue right now with, with the Hunter Biden story. Um, yeah. <laughs> Did you watch <laughs> Clement Tucker Carlson? Oh, he lost. <laughs> I didn't watch it yet, but yeah, I, I just saw the headline where apparently he lost. His, his dog ate the homework and uh, he lost, he lost all the evidence. He had all this evidence and now it's all, it's just got lost in the mail magically. Let me tell you, it's like a three minute. No one ever made a copy of this evidence. Cause it was like, oh, we don't need a copy of it. We'll just. Talk What's the thing. It. It's like a three minute clip of him talking about how they put the Who mails things stuff like in, in the mail using a, a carrier that you've all used before. And it was being shipped across country. And at like three 30 in the morning, they lost track of it, you know, whatever. So as I'm listening to it first, I'm like, well, if you really want to prove that, give us the tracking number or print out of the tracking information so we can see that timeline, right? But then as I'm like reading, I, I went on Tucker Carlson's Twitter just to like read the comments because why not? Um, but the thought occurred to me, I was like, wait a second, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. This was stuff from a hard drive, right? Do they print out all these papers from a hard drive and put it in an envelope to mail it across the country? Have they not heard of Dropbox, Google Drive, Office 365, any number of cloud storage I mean, even, transfer. Even if, there was, even if this stuff was hard copy, wouldn't you scan it first? Right. That's what I mean. Like, it's, you're sending this only damning package. You know, I, I have this information. I'm going to send it to you. You're not going to make a copy of it? Come on. Yeah. Come on. I mean, who, but, you know, there's the people who believe that will be the people who can watch Tucker Carlson. Well, as you go on go on his Twitter and find all the people that are supporting him and like defending him. It's like, it's, it's yeah, they probably think that. I mean, I don't know who he sent who he sent it through because I haven't I haven't really read about it yet. It's like I said, I just watched the headline. But he, didn't you know, say, he he said it was a major carrier. He didn't say whether it was UPS or FedEx or anything DHL. He just said it was a common carrier that we've all used. So I mean, I'm sure the excuse is you know they they knew it was going to Tucker Carlson and they knew what it was. So somebody somebody in the um. Somebody in the, in, the, in, the, in whatever carrier it was was saw it and was like, I gotta, I gotta hide this. You know what? He didn't it's the same know thing. With the, it's the same thing with the mail-in ballots. You hear stories about, oh, what you know, what a, what a post carrier is gonna do. What a, what a, what a, what a mail you know people what? gonna do about, about these ballots? Or you know, if you get, a, if you get a, a, a liberal or conservative mail carrier, are they gonna go around the areas where they know are liberal conservative and throw out your ballot? Right. I mean, but, so my personal take on the Carlson thing is like, I don't even think he mailed anything. I think they had nothing. No. 
I no, think there's, there is no paperwork. They're just making it up. Um, and it's all, it's all a delay tactic. Like, oh, if we can buy five more days. So talking about the Hunter Biden story. And, and not have to actually show evidence, just like not showing taxes for five years. You know, it was as long as we can get to November 3rd and not have to actually show anything. We just keep talking about how we had it and someone took it from us. And, and we're the victim here and not somebody else that. Well, they're always the victim, right? Trump's, Trump, Trump's, Trump's always the victim, especially, you know, you saw the 60 minute interview where he stormed out. Um, oh my God. Because, because, because she, you know, she wouldn't press on the Hunter Biden story, right? She wouldn't, she wouldn't, she wouldn't just let him go off on whatever he wanted to say about it. She actually held him accountable and said, listen, we don't have evidence of this. We, I can't run with the story that you're just throwing out there. Right. There's actually, they, they released the clip, 60 Minutes, they released the clip on Monday, I think, um, of like her afterwards, after he walked out. And she's like, I had more questions. I saw that. I did see that. And then the press secretary, she comes with like this giant with the box. It's like, oh, the box. Like it was a, a binder. It's like a thousand page book. And you're like, here's the Trump healthcare plan. He right. And it out. wasn't. It's like, what is, like, number one, what, what is Leslie Stahl going to do? Like, go, oh, okay. And then, and then report on that. Even though, like, what did they think she was going to do with it? Because there obviously wasn't nothing about the healthcare plan in there. Okay. Let me, re so first of all, up until this moment, up until that moment, so last week, you've been talking about this healthcare plan that you've never actually said anything about it. You just said it's going to come, it's going to come. Five years no ago. Details. And all of a sudden, there's a thousand page, really there's a thousand page document. Like, if you were working on a thousand pages, it just doesn't just materialize out of nowhere. It takes time to build something like that. Well, you got to remember, Keith, they, you know, he's been talking about this new, new best healthcare plan since before the, he, got, he got elected. 2016. Right, he ran. He ran on. I have. I have a better healthcare plan than Obamacare. It's the best plan. I'll. I'll release it. You know, soon. I, I can't tell anybody what it is, because if I tell people now, they'll just say, "Oh, I'll do that," and then I'll lose the election. That was literally like what he was saying. Um, and we know he doesn't have a healthcare plan. Everybody, everybody knows he doesn't have a healthcare well, plan. Everybody that's intelligent and consistent. I don't even think even. I don't even think people. I don't even think his supporters think he has a healthcare plan. Speaking of his supporters, let's talk about this rally that happened on a tarmac oh, where the freezing, the freezing rally the hypothermia the free, yeah, rally that where they bust people in but they didn't have enough buses to take everybody out afterwards people were left there for th three or four hours in the freezing they had to ambulance some people out yeah. like this is the logistics of the presidential campaign so you can imagine what he's surrounding himself with well one it goes to show how much does he need to feed his own ego to have a rally like to me to me the rallies are not well, that was another part of the killing his ego he's like it, it has nothing to do with you know yeah you can still campaign whatever but to have to have a bigger rally as possible is nothing more than feeding his own ego well that was another part of the 60 minutes interview wasn't it it was him her saying you know because of covid your, your rallies haven't been as big what are you talking about they've been bigger we've had more people at these rallies like that's a good thing and she's it's, like no they've been smaller Biden has no, nobody at the rallies. Yeah, because you see his rallies and there's like they, 20 people there and, and, and enclosed in their little you know, chalk circles. circles. They got the chalk circles on the ground. <laughs> like, don't go, yeah, it's like these six, you know, six foot diameter circles. Like, And it's not just Biden. It's, you know, Kamala's doing it and, and other people that are campaigning for the Biden campaign are doing the same thing. So if you see clips from other uh, events that aren't Biden-Harris and other events, they're doing the same thing. They got the circles out. It's like, this is our game plan, everyone. We're gonna we're gonna do these circles. We're gonna space them out. We're gonna measure it, 
and we're going to do it this way for. Well, it's also optics, right? It's 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 optics. It's saying, it's saying look at it's saying look at look at me. I'm doing things responsibly. I'm doing things by you know health healthcare protocols. Right. And you, my opponent is just having rallies with people, mass start mandatory, mass start mandated, come in, breathe all over anyone who you want to. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's everything's optics. So it, that's, that's a big part of it. It's just, it's our campaign is doing things the way people should be doing things. And this guy's over here, you know, being an idiot. To put it nicely. That is nice. Yeah. I mean, that <laughs> that's like nice. putting it nicely. I'm trying. I'm still trying to use a uh, appropriate language for this podcast. Yeah, you know, we're 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 sticking kind of mostly appropriate. It's nice. I'm trying to be professional, Keith. But yeah, he's, like Super I read prof- when I read the stories about how people were just stranded there. I'm like, really? You you are having these large events and you can't coordinate how to get people in and out without you know people freezing on the tarmac for hours. It's just. It, it, I mean, it, so I don't know, it does not. It doesn't surprise me at all. I, it doesn't surprise me, but just as a as a human, <laughs> I feel bad about it. And like what you were pointing about before, like oh, I didn't want he didn't want to release his plan before because he didn't want someone else to steal it and him lose the election because of that. I'm like, you know what? Any person worth their weight in anything that cares about people, uh, in my opinion, would be like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what my plan is, and if I don't win, hopefully someone else does it. Because because it's because I think it's, it's a good plan. plan and I think it's what's best for America. But it's Trump is going to do what's best for Trump. No. And if um, if it helps out some Americans, then then he's he's happy about it. You know. Um, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting five days. I, I did vote last last Saturday. Congratulations. I waited waited in line for about forty five minutes in Kingston. I got um, I got like a text message from my friend last night. Our one of our chat groups. He's like checking in. Who voted? Yeah. Like I everyone, mean, yeah, everyone either had voted or like two people were voting on election day, but everyone else in that group had already voted. Yeah, I mean, look at the numbers, and um, more people have voted already than they had in two thousand sixteen, which is they're just gonna, incredible. I'm gonna Google it. How many people? Have yeah, I looked at it, I looked at it today. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure more people have already voted in this election than they voted in two thousand sixteen. Seventeen hours ago, I guess that's kind of recent. Seventy five million people. Yeah. More than a third of registered voters. That's none of. So the, the the interesting thing will be to see is, is that going to be an indicator that we're going to have a larger turnout, or is it just that more people are just voting early because they don't want to go wait in lines on election day? Well, I think early voting did get um, advertised a lot more this year. The, oh, totally. Right. The your the, the actual options that were available it was expanded. I think in a lot of places because of because of the worry. Um, oh yeah, Connecticut. It became like. It was one of the check options for your absentee ballot was COVID nineteen. You could just check that off and right. And that, well, that was a big that was done for legal reasons, I think, because yeah, um, you know, a lot of states don't allow um, mail in voting just for for any reason, um, which right. they should, so, which they should. But well, I think that's, not, that's gonna, another story. I, I think in the future, after this year, I think we're going to see a change in voting. I think this is going to usher in a permanent change in voting, anyways. Yeah. You know, we've been slowly on this track for a while. It's just this is. Like so many other things in our life, this pandemic has kind of pushed a lot of things and fast forward. And so where voting used to be very regimented by state and everything, I mean, still the state by state has different rules, but I think we're going to see a lot more either early voting or uh, vote by mail across the board in all states. 
Um, and I think that adoption rate is going to really tick up after this, which I think yeah, is good for democracy. Yeah, like in, in Texas, a lot of I know, I know a lot of people have voted in Texas already. That's been a really big, um, big state for uh, early voting. Um, but like I said, public service announcement: If you are listening to this and you haven't and you want to vote by mail but haven't done it yet, drop it off. Do not mail it at this point. <laughs> Bring get it. In, to get it in. Get it in now. Don't don't wait until go to your drop day. off. Um, you know, legally, legally, I, th I think most places you have to take the vote, but I know don't I know uh, Donald Trump's fighting a lot of those uh, rules about um, counting the ballots after election day. In two states, the Supreme Court ruled that they could still accept them after election day. For now, they, they, <laughs> well, it was yesterday they made the ruling. Yeah, I know. Wait, wait until they make another ruling in a month because <laughs> well, they'll, they'll have another member. So, well, no, she she recused herself of the arguments this time because she just joined. I mean, so, yeah. no, I, should, I know, yeah. I'm saying, and, but right this, next time, I, I don't, I don't. But you I, know what's going to happen? I always, I always, I always have to have a, a mistrust of what what conservatives will do in the judiciary system. Just well, it's, 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 it's going to based on who's leading on election night, <laughs> right? You know, if Biden's leading, like, oh no, we got to make sure all the votes are counted. If Trump's leading, oh no, we gotta close him up. And, and I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that'll change too. Um, that's what's gonna his, happen. His, his opinion about mail and voting. You know, if, but, if Trump's winning on election night, he's gonna say we should just clear it now and then stop counting the votes. If Biden's winning clearly, he's gonna say no, we gotta keep counting the votes to make sure everyone gets counted. Now, are you are you at all concerned that he won't leave office? Uh, I mean, um, that just a pause. Just a pause. Enough is is a yes. Might not be a serious concern, but I uh, I mean, obviously it. it's like. Well, so deep down, I don't voluntarily versus forcefully is a line that I'm not sure about. I don't well, see. He's him... just made it. He's just made it easier to fire people as well. Remember this. I just don't see how he can. Um, I don't see. I, I don't. I don't really see a scenario where on inauguration day if biden wins uh where he's on the dais watching him being sworn in like i just don't oh, like uh, like past like past president yeah like past presidents like you know respectfully i'm gonna be here you're gonna be there i'm gonna watch you get sworn in and we're gonna handshake and all this you know i'm gonna leave the white house in the morning and then you're gonna let, arrive at the white house at one o'clock i just you know i don't see i don't know nah, no, i don't you know I mean, that's sad to say, isn't it? But it is. you're 100% like, right. It's so many years of tradition and a peaceful trans transfer of power. This year, I just think that, um, like, with with the vileness that comes out of his mouth and the way he says things and how he acts and how he treats other people, I don't see how he just sits idly by and watches that happen without being forced to, or or just not being there at all. Yeah, and honestly, I, I I could care less. To be honest, if um if he's there or not <laughs> right. at this just, point, I'll just be happy to see him gone. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just yeah. a sad thing for our country and history, kind of. I mean, to be fair, I didn't see him like shaking Hillary Clinton's hand during the debates last time, <laughs> and I think they did. Oh, yeah. I think they did the first time. Um, I'm not sure if they did at the other debates. I don't I recall think, anymore. So. I think I think they did the first debate, and maybe then and then now the downhill debates. from there. Yeah, but um. But yeah, um, you know, another concern of mine is him, his newest executive order that makes basically makes it easier for him to fire 
um, people in the people in the White House, these you know career career staffers people that are supposed to be nonpartisan, right? And then, you, know, you know, been there be between different administrations, and you know, been there for years. So you know, if anyone kind of gives him any pushback, it's it's a lot easier for him to get rid of him now. But right. Like well, I guess I guess we'll wait and see. Um, you know, but the thing is, like you say that, and my, my so my other my the my other kind of theory. I don't see how it will actually happen, but I, I've talked about it before. Is like, so we we know through reporting that he's indebted to banks in other countries, right? Um, and if he's not, and he's president, as he's president, he's not being affected by lawsuits that are being filed against him because he has some. You know, there's the office still holds some sort of protections, even though, you know, he should be accounted for, held accountable for things. But it's still, I get it. There's a, there's certain protections by the office, where if he loses, I I don't, I don't discount the idea of him making a trip abroad and not coming back. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, like, I've heard that theory. You know, first week of December, he decides to make a foreign visit to a country that's friendly to him, and then that's the thing. It's got to be a country that's not going to send him back. Well, yeah, it has to have. I have no feeling he's gonna, he's gonna he's gonna be facing for a lot of he's gonna be facing a lot of crimes when he leaves office. Well, that's what um, it, that's the thing. It's like so. What happens? Does he like disappear and not come back? Does he yeah end up in a in a um, what do you call it, embassy somewhere? You know, do do you see like uh, in the second week of November? Do all the Trump kids start flying abroad all of a sudden? <laughs> you know what I mean, like. Because once you start, it's once you see the rats start leaving the ship, you know it's going down. Then you know it's down. Yeah, I if, mean, if, if it's if people should watch, watch the travel habits and financial habits of the people closest to Trump, uh, around or you know within the month after election, and if you start seeing them doing things that are out of the normal, moving money across seas, uh, or or just physically flying across the sea, you know, don't be surprised if people don't come back. Right. And, you know, I'd rather, I, I think they'd rather do whatever they're going to do than go to jail. Right. But it's going to go also too, I don't, you know, could you, could you see, could you see Trump having like, do, like pulling like a Julian Assange and like living in an embassy, like for well, here's the thing though, years. I don't think, I don't think he can handle something. I don't like think that. he's smart. For, well, I say he might do this, but then again, is he smart enough to do that? Or is his ego too big? Like, I would ra I would rather think his ego is too big. I don't think people give him enough credit about his his intelligence, because he's yeah he, he does a lot of things that we think are stupid, but at the same time they work for him. So I don't know how stupid they they really are. I don't like to use the word stupid in general. I I like to use um intellectually intellectually incurious is a, is a good one. All right, yeah. I think uh I think I saw that one from from Thoughts Line, but. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, he, in, he has enough people around him to lawyers and I'm sure Rudy Giuliani will tell him how to, how to hide from the law. That was a good, that was a good Make clip. Sure you if, you have, if you haven't checked that clip out, him and him and Kennedy of all people went at it. Um, Kennedy is, was hosting a show on Fox business and she called him basically <laughs> akin to Michael Steele. Um, the author of the, you know, the, the Trump dossier and he flipped. He, Rudy Giuliani just flipped out on her. He said, "You need to apologize to me. Like he's a criminal. You, you're calling me a criminal because he, you know, he's going on Fox Business thinking he's getting like, you know, one of his the treatment. One of yeah, one of his. He can go out there and rant about Hunter Biden and, and the laptop that he found and some strange um, 
computer repair shop that he got from a blind Trump supporter. <laughs> well, here's, and, here's the other thing, you know, we talk about he's, he went on Fox Business thinking he's going to get the treatment, right? Here's another sign that the Trump train is going down. When Fox in general I think we said this last week, yeah, I mean, is, not, Fox... is not 100% on board. Yeah, you got Tucker Carlson, you got Hannity, but that's, that's like the two main programs that are really still pushing the Trump train and the Biden thing. You know, not everyone is falling for it anymore. Unfortunately, it's still their most popular programs, but. Well, yeah. They're but that being said. Yeah, I mean, they're having a good time. Yeah, yeah you have people like Shep jump ship and go to NBC because he couldn't stand being Fox anymore. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, it's how long is Mike Wallace going to be on Fox News after, right. after his debate performance and calling out Donald Trump a couple of times? Well, my point is, like, I I don't think Fox News itself, the whole organization, is fully on board the Trump train anymore, and they're 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 buffering a little bit. Well, they're reading the tea leaves. Yeah, exactly. They, is it, they, right? Is um, he might not be the ratings get that? Because that's let's be honest, that's that's what Fox News cares about. It's ratings. Oh, they could they could care less about getting actual <laughs> actual news or like what's important or giving good information to the public. They just they just want people to watch, um, which has been their business model since their inception. But uh, that being said, yeah, are they reading the tea leaves saying, you know, Donald Trump is kind of on the way out here. We better start um, trying to distance ourselves before people t- are turned off to, to Fox News. Um, but I don't know, because you still see his supporters are just f- fervent, right? They're, his supporters are still the, the, the most fervent political group out there right now. It's, it's almost like a continuation of the Tea Party in 2010. It's, those, yeah, it's that, yeah, it's that yeah, same perfect. kind of people. Where they, you know, they call themselves the silent majority, but in reality, they're just a small group of people who are really, really loud. Right. Um, you, I mean, you can, see, you can see you see the rally there, and they're ramping up. It feels like, um, at least anecdotally on social media, I've seen a lot more of these big Trump parades, these big Trump rallies that are, you oh, know, yeah. not the rallies themselves that he's holding, but you know, in, 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 your, in your local in your local town or your local city. Right, well, you know, you get the stereotypical Trump supporter with the pickup truck and the American flag and the, and the blue lives flag and the, the Trump and the Trump, flag. and the Trump flag, and they're all flying and everyone's cheering and and then and then look, they're looking for people to yell at them. Let's be honest, every they, that's they they love that. That's their favorite thing about these rallies is when is when people like you or I drive by and give them dirty looks or even maybe yell at them a little bit. Right, they—that's what they're there for. They—they they revel in that. They revel in that attention, because they think, in their mind, politically, if they're pissing people like you and me off, they're doing something right. 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 They have no actual like political ideologies other than, well, we're, anything we're, anything we're left snowflakes. So or anything left of slavery. <laughs> I'm being hyperbolic, but you know what I mean. Anything you know, anything to the left. Is bad. So anything that they like, I just have to be against, and I'll, uh, and everything will turn out okay, in their mind. And that's and that's. I mean, it comes to the crux of the real problem where we've gotten in this country is where we just we can't talk to each other anymore. Everyone yells at each other because if you don't believe what I believe in, I don't want to talk to you. And, yeah, and I think and that I comes think, a lot from. The, oh, and here, here we go again because I don't. I don't try not to generalize people and cause, but it's really hard to, when, you know, you see a, a group of Trump supporters and they, yeah, they usually kind of sit on the, the, the fascist and bigoted and homophobic and transphobic side of things where it's like, we don't want a certain group of people having the same rights that we have. And that's, 
that's where you start, you know, you get into the yelling matches and, you know, you, you, you can't support people like that. But, but yeah, at the same time, there are people who just really don't, there are people out there who don't know they're racist because they don't know what racism is. Right. And, and you can't, I mean, educating on that is, is well beyond my capabilities. Um, but so what do you do? Right. It's, it's almost like, you don't know how bad you are. So I can't, so yelling at you isn't going to help, right? It might make me, me feel better for a little bit, but it's not going to help the situation because then you're just going to be more angry at me. You've seen, you've seen stories where, you know, people who were like moderately liberal went to a Trump rally to check things out. And then, oh, these people were just so nice. I didn't realize how nice these people were because they're, you know, in the media, they're portrayed as bigoted and, 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 dumb and you know braggards and loud and and you know and they they wear shirts like trump that bitch and you know lock her up and you know the, the, the crap like that so you know and when they actually go to a trump rally and they see oh it's like that 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 bar lowering where all they do is have to climb that little bit of a bar and people go oh they're see they're not that bad maybe i do like them a little bit more and, and somehow that changes your political ideology i, I don't know I don't know how it was like someone being nice to you changes the way you think about politics, but that's how some people think. So, I mean, a part of that though, we, part of what you're talking about though, is that, you know, on a, on a person to person level, we can all be good people individually to each other. Like if you just meet someone else and you have a conversation, like a lot of times I can meet strangers and have a perfectly fine conversation. People are very nice. Um, individually, it's the mob mentality. You know, they, they feel emboldened when they're in a large group, obviously, and, and they have a person that's stoking all their um, fears and their beliefs and, and making it stand out in front where we just never really, I mean, I don't, I'm like, in our lifetime anyways, I can't think of anyone in, in the U.S. as a leader, like a true political leader that did, did it to that extent, where they're really stoking fears to that extent and and really, it, it's almost like, you know. Well, we talked about this last time. Trump is a, Trump is a media figure, mm -hmm. right? It's the one thing he wasn't a politician. He's a media figure, and he know he knows how to work the media, and he and he knows how to work people, and he knows how to work people up into a frenzy, right? And he and he knows how to he knows how to attack. It's, it's what he does. So, you know, you mix all that together, and, and this is what this is what brews up. Um, but, you know, people being, like I said, people being nice to you, like, yeah, I can meet somebody and we can talk and we can have a chat and they seem like a nice person. And all of a sudden you find out they're like a huge transphobe or something. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> where'd that come from? Right. Like, and does it mean they're a bad person? No, it just means they're probably, they're probably not educated about. What, well, that's the thing. You know, Most people that are probably phobic about certain things just aren't educated about those things. It was actually, I, I was scrolling the socials yesterday and I saw, a sign, I saw a picture and it was a guy standing there holding a, a Black, Black Lives Matter sign and behind him he had another sign that said sorry I took a while I had to learn some things. I've seen that meme yeah. So it's like. Which is, you know, which is great. But it's, and it's all about education like it's, but it goes back to like it's education. But there's so many people that were just not willing to either listen or or they're dismissive or they just have or they're just have a concrete idea about something and they can't shake it. So I would say, you know, and, and this is what people have always recommended, the best way to engage someone like that is 
first of all, if you come in just with facts and telling people they're wrong, it never works. It's that's the wrong way to engage someone because they're you're gonna shut them off before you you open them up. Um, but it's really asking them questions to find out why they feel the way they do, to figure out where you know meet them somewhere else, meet them on their common ground, and then you can bring them to the place they need to be. If you just come in like, well, you know, trans, you know, too many facts right away, it turns them off. You got to meet them first where they are, and then you can see where they're. You know, if they have certain fears or certain beliefs, listen to them first. Um, you know, one of the things when you're dealing with anyone that has had any kind of um, trauma or, or depressed or whatever, acknowledge their pain first. They acknowledge that they they feel something and that's real. Like if you have to acknowledge in them that like, okay, yeah, you're afraid of a trans person. I don't know why you're afraid personally, but you're afraid, right? So why are you afraid? Tell me why. What's well, what is it about being, like, It's you. not even about being afraid, right? It's about what some people are. I, I don't. I, I won't accept this person's reality, right? That's what transphobia. And ask them why. That's what transphobia yeah. is, because right. they in their in their mind, and I can tell you this: in their mind, they got taught whenever they got taught, a man has a penis and a woman has a vagina, and that's how we determine that's things. It. Done. And there's so much more to it. And that's not, and biological sex does not equal gender. And even trying to tell someone that and explain gender is a social construct, we make up gender. In other um, cultures, there's been more than one gender. There's been multiple genders, there's been no genders. Like, it's not about what you grew up learning. And the, I mean, the older you are, the harder that is to change. And I think that's why you see in the youth movement, a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot more liberal, people right They're a lot more understanding people even the conservatives are, are way more understanding about you know homosexual issues and trans trans issues um because of their they were just they're more open to it right right and, I, and this, is, up, this thinking, is about exposure i thought i grew up thinking we had nine planets we only have eight so you well, know change over time I but no, that's the point i brought the nine though aren't we i think that changed back <laughs> no, it's, no, it's eight now. It's still eight. All right. I, I, I thought I meant something that they were like, no, nah, you know what, Pluto is a planet. No, it's, anyway. a, it's a dwarf planet. Okay, so eight and a half, or an exo, because then, then we have exoplanets beyond that. Well, but that's a, that's the other thing. Um, educate, you know, education's not something that stops once you graduate school. Yeah. Meaning, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not even talking about formal education, right? It's just even even learning things like watching, growing up with the media that you consume. Well, that's what I mean. But I mean, you know, you grow up and you're told this thing, and you believe that to be true. You can't you can't just take what you're told as a child or whatever, or adolescent to be true your entire life because, one, the the facts that you were told might have been just completely wrong at the time, and you you were told wrong information, or what you were told at the time was the fact at the time. And then as we evolve as science and education, whatever, we learn right. new things. So, but people have a problem with that. People have a problem. Like I, I talk about the Pluto as kind of a joke, but it's a, it's a real thing where people have real feelings about Pluto. You know, that there was a huge debate in the scientific community, whether or not Pluto was a planet. And people had real strong feelings on one side or the other about whether or not it should be considered a planet. And think about that times everything else in our lives. Right, because in, 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 you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's irrelevant, right? Whether or not we call Pluto a planet. And it's irrelevant whether or not a trans person uses the men's room or the girls' room. <laughs> well, it's relevant to them who want, if they no, want to use I'm the sorry, bathroom. It's irrelevant to me because right, they right, can right, be able right. to use whatever they want. Right, it's definitely relevant to them that's because... What, that's what I mean by that. They want to be able to use, they want to use the restroom that 
I don't want them to get a UTI because they couldn't use a restroom. Right. You know, I, I, I don't think I've ever, you know what, people are talking about being afraid of, you know, their daughter going in the restroom with a, a trans woman who used to be a man. You know what, nothing's more scary than going into the Yankee, Yankee Stadium men's room during a playoff game wearing a Red Sox uniform. That's probably, yeah, I mean, you're probably, I got you're, probably you're probably statistically more, <laughs> more likely to be assaulted but doing that. Let me tell be... you, I sat in the bleachers. <laughs> I had many people wanting to pick a fight with me. Well, yeah, and, and here's a good tie-in, because guess what it both stems from is toxic masculinity. The Red Sox is kind of a joke, but you know, it, it comes from that toxic masculinity where it was like, you know, even, even our people our age grew up like, um, you know, women had to control themselves. It wasn't it was the, the boys will be boys kind of a oh, yeah. mentality where it was like the women are the ones who are responsible for controlling themselves, not, not the men. <laughs> But, you know, and it's that kind of mentality where it's like, why would you think that a, that a, that a trans woman going into a, a woman's restroom is going to assault your daughter? Or why would you even think that somebody who's going to pretend to be trans just to go into a bathroom so they can assault your daughter? That, that, that right. kind of thinking, I don't even, I, I can't even imagine where that comes from, that kind of fear. Well, it's, that's, that's fear mongering, which is going, going back to Fox News. That's what they're great at is fear mongering. Oh my God! So everything. everything I mean, let's let's um, talk about. It's about recent. COVID. It's, it's about COVID. You don't want to cause any fear. Oh no! But um, if, it's, you know, if it's about a caravan coming to the border, they're going to destroy your country. Oh my God! So much. <laughs> um, another thing that's in the hot topic in the news recently is uh, Philadelphia. So we have, you know, please shout another black man in Philadelphia. Now there's rioting and. Depending on who you read, there's different sources. But you know, listening to uh, my NPR this morning, because uh, I, I wasn't fully educated about it until today, I, I read up on it and listened to it. And you know, so the the story you read from one side, because I when I turned on TV last night for whatever reason, Tucker Carlson was playing in the no Hannity was playing in the background as I was trying to load up AEW, and I was like, why is this on? And I I watched for a minute because they were talking about the writing or whatever, and they're like, oh, this man, you know, he had a gun and they told him to put it down. Well, he had a knife. I mean, yeah, he had a knife. They're coming. It was coming at them. Um, so this morning, I hear like the family of the man called the police because he was having a mental psychotic episode. So the family of the man who was shot was calling the police to help the man. Like, and I watched the video too. He was always several feet away, and yeah, he was walking around and he had the knife out. Here's still my question: Why is it shoot to kill? You could have shot that man in the leg. Why is it shoot? I mean, I'm well, yeah, no, that. Why is it true. shoot? You're the man. You, the man. I mean, yeah, you could say. Oh, I, you could shoot. I know for a fact in training, I don't they think it's how easy. to disarm people with a knife. Yeah, but it's part yeah, of I don't, training. I don't think it's easy to um to you know to pick out a leg or a chest. Like I, I, I I'm not. It's like this, I'm, right? not, I'm not a target. Chest, leg. Just right, but right. I, like I said, I don't, you know, I don't know the, the ramifications of that. If there's other things that I'm not thinking about, shoot, know, shoot a warning shot first. If you, if you if you missed or like taser, but the guy, taser would be a great um, answer there because um, even you know tasers are, can be can be deadly, but at the same time they're a lot safe. They're a lot safer than bullets. They're still a lot safer than bullets. Right? Sandbag shotgun rounds. 
beanbag they use them against protesters all the time seems to right. work. you ha you have non-lethal ways i mean yes they're they do can cause damage but they're non-lethal right um, but like you said how you know how far away was the guy the guy was not in reaching reaching distance of you so you were not in an immediate threat right and that that should be the standard you need that there needs to be an immediate threat there he, you know if he lunges at you and he, he, you can see him he's in front of you um but i mean i just to me what killed me when i heard it, it's bad phrasing i'm sorry um but just it, it was heartbreaking when i heard that the family had called the police for help and right, they, and this is why people are scared help. to call the police they're not because they're yeah right this is why the communities don't call the police because they they're not going to get the proper help they need instead of coming in as a helper and and be able to de-escalate the situation they came as a police officer who's trained to stop a situation by apprehending or incapacitating the the perp you know and that's and that's the problem it's like the one mentality that they're going out with instead of and and who knows we don't know what the chain command was when when she called the police for help how was that dispatched to the police officers did they know that this person was in distress and that they were going out to help the person or they were just told that a man with the knife was walking around the neighborhood right you know and so that's that's the question it's like right well, yeah what, 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 did whole... they put, what did they put in the cops mentality on, on the on the way over there but yeah that, that, you brought that, that that warrior mentality because i think that's that's a big part of it um but you know it, some, some can... more news did did a couple really good uh episodes on that but mm -hmm. sorry i was cutting you off well i was gonna say like if i am a cop and i get a call yeah there's a man with a knife walking around the neighborhood acting threatening and that's the call i get i'm gonna have a different mentality going in versus hey a family call, you know, report to someone's house. So-and-so is having a psychotic episode and their family needs help um, controlling them. Like those yeah, are the different totally messages different. you get as an officer. So depending on what message they got, you know, we could, they could have gone in there with a different attitude and that makes a big difference too. You know, you're definitely going to be on your defense. If you, if you get that message saying, you know, someone's just walking around with a knife rather than, rather than, you know, a, you know, someone's mentally ill and having a breakdown and, and they, and they do have a knife. Right. Right. <laughs> Those are two totally different situations. Um, I mean, I mean, hey, just with your, just with you being a rep, right? If you're going to be part of this, you know, if you're going to be physically part of the spot that night, you go into the match with a different, like, mindset of what you're doing versus if you're just doing a straight up rep job, right? Or do I? I don't know. Do you? I'm asking. Actually, no. Oh, I was curious. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a good analogy. But um, if I'm doing a live event versus a pre-recorded event, I have a different mentality because I have to be that's fair yeah I mean, you know if I'm doing something that's going to be going out live to 5,000 people versus we're just doing it in the studio on a tape and we can mess up all we want I my adrenaline levels at a different state I'm more aware of things when we're live that's I'm probably that, that's probably a better analogy 100% um yeah you're gonna feel a lot a lot more pre it's, it's, it's about pressure isn't it it's, it's right so yeah if, if the pressure to perform are told someone's with a knife threatening people your adrenaline's already up and you're thinking about how do I stop them from hurting people versus I'm going to help someone with their family member who's having an episode. Right. Those are two different messages. And I think you respond to those two differently physically and psychology, psycho, uh, psychologically. Yeah. But like I said, it, it comes back to, you know, also to this, this warrior mentality about, um, you know, you're, you're at, you're constantly, which I, I get, I get having to be on alert. 
right? I, I get as a police officer having to, to be on alert. I, I do get that. But at the same time, you know, you, you're not at war, right? You're, you're serving your community. You're not at war with your community. You're not, you're not even with war at the, in, with the criminals in your community. Depends on who you ask. Well, well, I'm just saying that because there are some places where that's the message they're told. That's what I mean. And that's, that's, that's what we need to, that's what we need to stop. That's what we, we need to stop messaging stop. to the police officers. Is is the, not at war. Not at war with your, not at war with the criminals. Even the even the criminal. And this is this is my leftist coming out. But even the criminals are part of your society. Right. Right. They're they're part of your citizenry. They're still citizens, for the most part of this country. Or they or they live in the community at least. Right. It's not. They, they still need to be treated like people. So, for the most I, part, you know, most criminals. Um, so there are some thoughts, criminals that, that are excusable and I, I, you know, I don't want people coming after me like, oh, you just, you know, there, there's oh. definitely some crimes that are not excusable, right? Oh, but totally. at the same time, Maybe walking around with a knife isn't. But, but treating people with respect is never, you should always treat people with respect anyways. And, and my example for this is, so my father-in-law worked as a corrections officer. He's retired now, but he, he, he tells stories. And the thing is, anytime, he, um, a former inmate sees him in the public, it's actually always a positive interaction. Because when he was in the jail, um, he had their respect. Because he, he, he gave them the respect of a, being a human um, above, you know, and, and you know, he, he, they knew there was a line they can't cross, but at the same time, it, he, you know, there was like, you know, it wasn't, you know, you hear no, about he, he learned how to be a human and how to interact because he's going to treat people like humans. And if you treat people like humans, they're going to treat you like humans. You know, and he, when they get out and they see him, and, hey, hey, you need anything? You want anything? They'll, they're willing to hook him up wherever he is right. when they see him out in public. Although he tries to, like, if he sees someone he recognizes, he tries to, like, make sure they don't see him first because <laughs> he doesn't want the awkward interaction. But I've never heard of a bad experience out in the public after he's seen an inmate that's been in for a while. When right, because he, tra- he probably he probably treated people, as, 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 especially relatively, than 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 some of the other, you know, um, corrections officers did. If you like you said, if you treat people like people, they're going to show you a lot more respect than if you just you just dog them because you have these preconceived notions about who they are because of what they did. Right. As I, long. I, I do know for a fact, though, <laughs> in the jails that. Uh, the people that don't get treated with respects are anyone that were child abusers. Right. And that's, and there was, there like was prison justice in that. And like I said, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> there certain, are, there's certain things that are unexcusable and that's, that's hundred percent. I have no, I have no problem with that. But at the same time, I don't think cops sh- should murder you just based on that. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> right. It, it, at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want to get the other impression where I think like, Oh, if the cops just, catch you they should shoot you no it's there's there's well, a reason we, we do have a justice just be innocent until proven guilty and you can't be proven innocent if you're dead tell that to the anti-bail reformers honestly if it wasn't for donald trump i would um especially in new york state i don't know what they're what they did in connecticut yet but um because there you know there's, there's been an there's um bail reforms was was a big issue before covid hit yes i know and um Democrats were not looking good based on bail reform because a lot of people are against it. Me personally, I think it's great. I definitely believe you're innocent to proven guilty. If there's no, if there's not a flight risk, if there's no further danger to the community, you should not be in jail. There's no reason for that. So based on, based on your, based on your level of income, that's ridiculous. 
Um, one, I, th I just think New York did it. I don't think they implemented it correctly. They went a little too far almost with some far. of the crimes. With some of the exactly. crimes. It, um, was too, it was too broad. They kind of just like no bail whatsoever. Um, well, that's not true either, but... Well, yeah, but yeah, it was, relative, but it was relative, relatively to other places, yeah, sure. Um, so I, I think that's probably part of it. They Instead of, like, doing an incremental phase, they just went, we're just going to do this. Instead of, like, going, okay, these crimes and these crimes and these crimes, let's phase it in. They were just like, we're just going to do it. Um, which always And even that got pulled back a little bit. Even the Democrats pulled that back, back a little bit, you know, eventually. But, um, but then you also, you, you have outlets like the New York Post that's going to you know what they're doing Sensual, they're, sensationalizing. They're, yeah. they're sensationalizing they're putting on the front page anytime any one of these people that's been let out does something bad again right boom it's on the front page first thing you're like oh bail reform fails again boom yeah, yeah 90, 95 percent of the people could, could show back up to their court cases and yeah. they'd still find they'd still find a few people and and post it all over the place and see yeah, like look this, been, is, this doesn't work it could have been 0.05 percent of the people that were the problem but they're gonna they're gonna make sure you know about each one of those people and not all the other people. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm totally for bail reform because especially being educated about the the history of bail and how if you look at bail, it's really a system that disproportionately hurts poor people. Yeah, by design. And it, exactly by design. Not even um, like as a as a as a as a sub thing. It's, it's, it's actually, actually it's, it's by design. Like we got to keep poor people in jail because for some reason they're they're obviously more dangerous like like I, I say all the time like hey if, if i go to jail my life insurance well not first of all i can afford bail second of all my life insurance policy covers bail so i wouldn't even have to take money out of my pocket if i didn't want to i could call my insurance company up and they would pay bail for me um so that's you know that's part of my, they're like oh yeah part of your coverage you have bail i'm like why why is that even there i don't know um but it was and but the thing is like my example, because I've heard different examples, so I try to like make one example that's easy to share with people. You know, say you're a person and you did something petty, or maybe you actually didn't do it, but you've been accused of it. You know, you fit the profile, so they arrest you instead of the person that actually did it. So you go to jail. Now, you don't have the money to pay for bail because you're you're working two jobs, you're low income, whatever. And if you pay the bail, then you know maybe your wife can't go out and buy the groceries to pay, you know, feed the family. So you make the decision to not pay. Yeah, and you, and you don't want to deal with a bail bondsman or anything like that either. Like that's... But, but then all of a sudden now you can't pay bail. You can't get out of jail. Your court date's not for six months. Right. So now you've and lost I don't your think job. People I don't think people realize that either. Like, yeah. So, yeah. So now you've lost your job, you know, and now you, your, your spouse is at home trying to, you know, raise your kids and work two jobs to pay for everything. They're losing stuff, you know, and then maybe right. you get. And you've, and you've lost six months of your life. And you can't, you can't, if you can't pay bail, you can't pay for a lawyer either. And then your public defenders are overworked and underpaid. So you may or may not get a good public defender that's really going to take good care of your case. So you may or may not win. A lot of times you're tricked into taking a plea deal because they're, you're told it's better for you so that way you can get out, but not realizing that part of that plea deal is also admitting to the crime. Yeah, which that's, now you, that's a huge, and now you have a, then now have you have a criminal record. record. And now, and then now trying to get a job because on most job applications it asks if you have a criminal record, now you can't that's, get a job. That's a huge component of it too. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because so the, the, the way we use the plea bargains in this country is just, it should, it should be criminal. <laughs> that, and also I think, I don't think on job applications you should ask if people have a criminal record. No. Because 
the way I was brought up in my civics classes and throughout schooling was that the idea is, you know, we have a, a serving system that once you serve your time, you now become part of the society again. You, you did your time, you paid, did the crime, paid the time, whatever. And then now you should be able to go and do things again, but you can't do that if you're always reminding people, oh yeah, by the way, I went to jail for whatever. Sure. And for a lot of applicate, uh, you know, application systems. And this is the thing, like um, when you apply for a job now, it's all digital. And if they get in a thousand applicants, it's going through an automated process that automatically filters out people based on oh, certain yeah. criteria. And like, and like you brought up before, um, some of these people, like a good number of these people, I don't know, I don't want statistic, but um, didn't commit the crime. So now they're, now they're getting stuck because they, because they felt, felt making a plea bargain was in their best interest, which is usually not, by the way, no. it's, it's for anyone listening. But they're probably not, not a lawyer interest. either. So, but right. But you know, I can understand being pressured into it. Um, they get to but yeah, and, then, and now, say, yes. and now, you, and now not only have you, are, you know, are you, are you in jail and you lost you know, any kind of source of income. And another thing too is like using prisoners as slave labor is, is, is a bit cringe. That's another, that's a, that's a whole other topic. I think we can get into someday, uh, but um, yeah, that's, that's poor, a big, that's a big, prisons. That's, that's a, a big, well, that's another one. I'm glad New York doesn't have any of those. I don't know about Connecticut. But, I don't think we do either. Yeah. We actually, I believe it's in our law that they're, they're forbidden. Like we do not that's do that true. here. Yeah, but that, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's scary. That's actually scary. Like, you know, the 14th yeah. Amendment's been around in the long enough where, you know, slave labor in, in prisons is kind of ingrained into the United States. They're being paid for it. They're just being paid, you know, 14 cents an hour. Yeah, slave labor. <laughs> <laughs> like I said. Um, it's, like a, it's basically like an internship, you know? Yeah, well, definitely. <laughs> it does pay more than some internships. That there, but that's, another, that's a whole other story. Oh, and, I, and, I no longer let my students take internships if they're not getting paid for it. That's great. I, that's great. Because there's, yeah. I mean... There's that actually was, law about that. You can't... Uh, as, wow, we just changed topics real fast. That was a, that was um, a big switch. But... Um, as far as legal law in the U.S., uh, if you're going to do an internship, the only way you can do a free, you can only do an internship for free is if the job you're doing would have been done regardless if you're there. Okay. So if you're coming in to do a job that basically they're hiring an intern for that job specifically, you have to be paid. I'm pretty sure there's ways businesses can work around that. Especially, oh, yeah, totally. But we, especially in the, in the media business because that, that, that's famous also, for their free we, labor. A lot of a lot of our, you know, most of our interns now are being paid because we 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 guide them in the right direction. Like you should be getting paid for that. Don't do that for free. Yeah, that's great. Because like, like I said, especially especially like, especially, especially in our business, especially in your business in media, like there's, there's that's always been famous for basically oh, yeah. enticing people. Like oh, you know, the only way you can get a job is if you get this training, and the only way you can get this training is if you come work for free for a year. Oh, no, actually, but a lot of the big players like NBC and ESPN, they have a whole paid internship program. That's how they get people into things now. Because um, NBC has like the page program where it's, you know, you, you kind of learn all of NBC inside and out, but you're being paid the whole time. That's great. Um, and you work your way These up. Things and, I do not know. And that's how you get in there. Um, ESPN did it too. Because like I have people that graduated from grad school and they went to intern at ESPN down in Florida working in a control room. Um, but they were being paid for it. They, like, they were able to move to Florida and pay for rent down there and get paid for 
by ESPN to be an intern, quote unquote. I think it's just, I think they classify them as interns because that way you're not an employee, so you don't, can't get benefits. Uh, so still, so you're still trying to. But it's, also a, but it's also a limited contract. It's not like you're going to be an intern forever. It's like right, right, right. you're going to be an intern it's, for six months. Death. And then if your internship goes well, you can always move up into a full-time position. Well, once we have single-payer health care for everybody, we won't even need to worry about because your you health insurance will be tied. I'm all about UBI. UBI. Let me yeah, we, um, we could talk about UBI. We could talk about <laughs> this is my topics for future episodes. Um, yeah, this is our segment where we're just talking about random topics that we're going to talk about later. <laughs> this is our closing segment random topics for next time well because i was talking about this with my wife last night it's because i've heard this before it would be cheaper to pay for housing for homeless people than the homeless programs that we do now 100 i knew that so shouldn't be homeless you shouldn't be homeless or hungry people in this there's country no reason for us there's no reason there's zero reason for that every every yeah. government in our country pays more to make homeless shelters, do education programs, all these things. When reality is all homeless people need is a place to live and put their things and be secure. And that and way, that, apply and that for will help the, And people don't realize that will help the economy. Yeah, well, because most homeless people, people don't want to be homeless. No. You know, and, and a lot of homeless people out there are homeless because of things outside of their control. They lost a job. They, lost, you know, they had an accident. They had a health crisis. And they, you know, everyone thinks- Or they're mentally ill. That's a big, that's a big thing. Right. So if you make um, low cost housing that you just put homeless people in and, and for free for them, just so they can go in there and they can do what they need to do. They can be clean. They can secure their few possessions that they have and feel safe. Cause even homeless shelters, you know, it's a one big area. Some people don't want to, some homeless people don't want to go there because it's not safe because they're afraid uh, of other homeless people attacking them. Right, it's not safe for. for and they kick them out during the day, which never makes any sense to me. What's that? They kick them out during the day, like homeless shelters. You can only go there for night. Yeah. Like you're not, you can't just hang out there during the day. Yeah. Well, um, that's about funding, isn't it? I mean, so, really that's a whole other. But there's been a lot of laws in a lot of communities where they, you know, you used to have like the squat houses and stuff like that in New York and stuff that all got torn down because. They changed the zoning laws to not allow for. Well, they didn't want they didn't want the, the unseen, you know, hanging around. There's, the, you know, the, one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen was like those those spikes underneath bridges in, in big cities. Right. They don't yeah, so that people can't sit there. Sit on the bridge when it's raining. It's like, what are they pigeons? Like, Come on. Right. Well, it's, it's that like you know, it's a mentality. Well, well, our city will do better if people just don't see these people. It's awful. Because okay. guess what? They're people. And you're just displacing. And all, it all goes back to treating people like people, right? Like just treat them like exactly. treat people like people humanity first exactly that's that's if you, if, you, if you vote for humanity first we do a lot of great things so if there's anything i advocate for more than anything else like a couple of my key issues are one i think we should have ranked choice voting because i think 100%. it would make the election system a lot more fair you get a lot more voices in at the table um i advocate for housing for all homeless police people paid for by governments and i advocate for ubi because it would Helps everybody, and universal healthcare. It would help. I mean, there there are some issues with the UBI that we could we could talk about um, when we get deeper into it. But but yeah, overall, I have no I have no out overt objections to UBI. No. I, the, the thing with I'll just real quick the thing with the UBI it, it needs to actually help help people, and it can't just be a band aid. It can't just be another band aid to say like, oh, you know, we gave you another twelve thousand dollars a month. Like why you know, why are you such why why aren't you doing anything like? Because, you know, just, getting, just throwing money at a problem doesn't always help. 
No, but well, I, I, you know, but it can, but it, but it, but it can help a lot of people, and it can have a very positive impact. So yes, it can help people from all spectrums, from the poor right. to the middle class, where you just have that little extra freedom. So if I want to say, you know what, I don't like my job anymore, we will find something else. But I have, I can I have, I have a, fall, I have a, I, back I have a flexibility. I money coming in. And I think healthcare, I think universal healthcare is a, is a big component of that because a lot of people too, don't yeah. want to leave their job because because, healthcare. because they because they'll lose their healthcare. Right. Right. So. So there's a lot to say about that, but we can talk about that another time because yeah, because we, we did we did, did great. the hour mark. We filled we filled an hour quick, man. You know that's how we do. Look at behind the scenes, like we didn't have anything coming, like anything formal coming into this to this week. We we had to change our, our recording time. It was just like you know let's meet and talk and you know see if we can fill. Some, half hour 45 minutes talking about the election or uh you know like we want to talk about but yeah we get talking we 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 get flying so well our our, we should i think our closing message should be definitely make sure you vote um if you're gonna vote in person vote in person if you're gonna mail it in drop it off do not mail it in at this point go to your local drop-off area make sure it's an official drop-off box don't go to some cardboard box on the sidewalk um and get those ballots in because as much as people, you know, yes, the political system is messed up and politicians are not the best people in the world, but voting still matters. Everybody vote. So everyone vote and we're, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk to you on the other end. Definitely. See you on the other side, people. Good luck. Don't, Take get, care. don't drink too much. All right. Thanks, Keith. See you next time. Thanks. See ya.